This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. We are back with episode five of the One Was Had a Dream podcast. As ever, I'm joined by Mr. Lee Finch. How are you doing, Finchie? I'm very well, thank you, Jamie. Uh, how are you feeling now? Are you any better? Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better, mate. You've got over COVID? Yeah, I'm on the final stretch of getting over COVID. Uh, I can taste stuff again, which uh, which is great. I must say. I've... Well, you got. I was gonna say, lucky you can taste it. You, you still ain't got no taste with that wallpaper behind you, but yeah, good to have yeah. your taste and smell better. Uh, we're gonna have to put a picture of the wallpaper up on socials, aren't we? <laughs> People can vote <laughs> on it. Yeah, <laughs> it better be a resounding <laughs> shit. But yeah, <laughs> no, that's good to hear you're getting better, mate. Because you looked like death last week when I saw you. Yes, felt like death too, mate. Felt like death too. So we've got just at the right, just at the right time. Christmas. Exactly, enjoy that. Exactly, not that I can do anything for it, but hey ho. <laughs> uh, we've got London Broncos fan Chris Caulfield joining us later, uh, and then after that, we're joined by Wimbledon fans and boxers David Weatherhead and Lavon Richards. Looking forward to that. I am looking forward to it. Yeah, looking forward to. Speaking to Chris and finding out his views on Broncos possibly playing at Plough Lane. And then, yeah, I'm really looking forward to speaking to David and Laurent. Uh, big, big boxing fan. So, yeah, that should be good. Should be a good chat. Yourself? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, th- I think it's, it would be good to get an insight from uh, the Broncos side of things. Um, and obviously, it's it's quite relevant at the minute. It's, it's the thing that everything's, everyone's talking about. Um, mm. And, yeah, I, th- I think it's great to talk to. The two boxing guys as well. Um, I've, I've been keen to get Lebron on since since we started the podcast. So. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good value, Lebron. So, shall we give Chris a call? Yeah, let's go. Let's speak to Chris. We are joined by London Broncos fan Chris Caulfield. Uh, thanks for coming on, Chris. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks very much for coming on, Chris. It's uh, good to have you on to discuss Broncos and also maybe playing back uh, or playing at Plough Lane, not back at Plough Lane, playing at Plough Lane. So, yeah, it'd be good. How are you? You all right? 
Yeah, uh, just reading the news about Broncos and, and Plow Lane, getting a little bit excited. Um, not entirely sure how your fans are taking it, but um, hopefully it's uh, the start of something good. Um, as you're probably aware, rugby league press, particularly down in London, isn't the most sort of in depth, I should say. So trying to get news is is not always the easiest thing. So you, I guess you guys know far more about the move than I do at the moment, if it's happening. Yeah, we had a, an AGM recently, and I believe that there was a little vote at the AGM. Obviously, it wouldn't have been the wider fan base, but we had a little vote, which I think I believe came back at seventy six percent as a yes. And the temperature check that we did uh, when it came out as well has come back quite positive. I've most most of the people I know who I speak to are quite positive about the move. Uh, I've got one or two friends who are literally saying no straight away, uh, but I think financially. For us, it, it looks like it would work out well. I don't know what you've... Because everything at the moment is rumours and conjecture regarding... Uh, and Broncos don't want to release figures. But I understand I've, I understand it's half a million a year. I don't know if that sounds plausible to yourself, Chris, or is that too much? Or I mean, it sounds it sounds a lot. But, I mean, if you think the the annual salary cap for the entire... Super League is about 1.6, 1.7 million. So like that might be going up. I haven't kept a completely close eye on it, but it's around there. Um, so that's your, your squad budget. And then what's that? It's a third, let's say, on, on, your, on your, your running cost for the stadium. But I mean, it's, if, if you can get people in, you can make money out of it. So, so yeah, why not? I, think, I, I have heard that it might be sort of league dependent. Like if we're in the top flight, we might be paying more, and if we're in a lower division, we might pay a bit less. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not privy to anything inside on that. That's just speculation. Yeah, because that was going to be one of my questions regarding Super League. Obviously, the Super League vote has been done, and unfortunately, London Broncos did not get mm. get that vote, uh, which I understand because I again, I literally do not know much about rugby league as we we're talking off off air kind of thing. I don't, I'm not, I don't watch much rugby league. I watch it more than Union. But I'm not a big. I don't watch it, and I haven't really got a club. Uh, but I know that everyone was tipping Bradford to be going into Super League, and it was quite a shock. That the team, I can't remember who's the team that got into Super Lee League. Lee Centurions, who are, Lee, who are yeah. based in Wigan, so that's good for the expansion of the game. Yeah, that's. The, <laughs> I did see that. Yeah, there's a lot of northern-based Wigan around that area teams. Uh, what with regards to no Super League and being in the Championship, do you think that's going to have Conditions on the move to maybe playing at Plowland. Well, I, that's my when I've heard that we didn't get the deal. I was more upset that that meant that we weren't going to get Plow Lane, even though Plow Lane wasn't sort of signed, sealed, and delivered at that point. Um, I thought ah, if if it all if it all depended on us getting the Super League, then then it'd be, it's a shame to see that, that go down the down the drain. Now, if we'd have gone, if we'd have got promoted the other day, we'd have gone straight back down. We've got about nineteen players in our squad. I think we've got about 18 players in our, in our squad at the moment um, because we haven't had a, a fixture in about a year. Um, and so there's been no gate money, no, no TV, anything like that. That one, COVID, no one's getting gate money. Um, but we've had a lot of players um, get cherry-picked by Super League clubs. Um, so that's been, that's been really difficult. Um, we don't know officially whether the, when the championship is starting, whether it would start if it was in the 2021 season, all sorts of things. As it got shut down this year, um, so it's been really tough. 
so our, anyway, our squad's in a terrible situation. Uh, and to get that uh, team in Super League would have meant instant relegation. I'm fairly certain Lee are going to go straight down as well. Um, so the, getting promoted was a bit of a poison chalice because it's very short notice and you're going to go straight back down. And have that jeopardise the deal would have been tough. So I wasn't so disappointed about not making the, the 12 um, first time round. It was all about really getting this over the line. So do you think a move to Plough Lane would help strengthen uh, your chance of getting into Super League? Well, I mean, is that, would that be one of the um, deciding factors? Uh, they, they do have minimum uh, capacity as, as a sort of a criteria. Um, in the past, when they had licensing and things like that, stadium size was, was part of it. But I think it's a, sorry, I think it's a 10,000-seater uh, stadium that they have, but there is a little bit of flexibility um, I think Plow Lane's were nine and a half. Is that correct? Is it? Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think they they sort of give a bit of flex on that. Um, so yeah, so that was a a, a part of the, of the thing. I think if we were to be based there long term, would it help? I think having a stable home helps no matter what. Um, when Leeds had their, their had a, a half a season where they couldn't play out of heading, they couldn't train. Their training facilities were damaged. They almost got relegated. Um, you, you, you guys know stability within a club is one of the most important things you can have um, and that, in terms of how, how a team performs on the pitch. So if we had somewhere where we knew that it was going to be something where players could call home, that sort of thing. You, you, you play in one side of London, you buy a house in that part of London, your families move down from the north and you go to school and then the club moves 30 miles across the city. It makes it difficult for, for the players as well. Could you, yeah, you were saying about that stability, uh, Chris, and uh, one of the things I've looked into with regards to Broncos is that they've got quite a good uh, number of junior teams. Yeah. Uh, and one of the reasons why they like healing is it's uh, AstroTurf mm-hmm. pitch. So it means they can train there, their junior teams can play there, uh, and they can play first team games and matches yeah. there. With Plough Lane, that wouldn't be the case. It's a hybrid pitch, but there'll be a football team playing on it and a rugby uh, league team playing on it. What happens with your junior teams then? Would they be looking to move over to or play play lane as well? Because I don't think that would be sustainable for I, us. I, I, at Ealing, they had about six or seven. That's probably an exaggeration. They had a fair few pitches around the uh, around the game day pitch, and um, so um, they were they're, they're most likely sort of training um, in and around there. I think probably they they have the odd training session on the first team pitch as as most first teams do, but most teams end up training elsewhere anyway. Um, so I don't think that would be an issue. In terms of the actual pitch and the pitch condition, when we ground shared the football teams, most of the noticeable damage was for the football teams and in the in-goal areas. Um, rugby league is, doesn't tend to cause much damage to the pitch. It's just people running around. Um, the idea is to, to tackle the guy and then get up quickly. There's not everyone then piling in. So you haven't got the sort of the muddy cesspits that, that, that get caused in, in rugby union. In American football, the pitches get torn up because you have 60-odd people on the sidelines and that's where all the damage gets done. It's not the actual playing surface that, that gets torn up too much. Um, so I wouldn't have any worry about, about the pitch. Plus, we only have about 13 home games a season anyway. So it's not like we're... Well, it's, it's 18. Uh, so, but it's not like we're sort of playing week in, week out um, like you guys would be. So I, I wouldn't have any worry about the, the football pitch. And I, I think I read um, that your head coach was confident as well. Um, that league would be would be fine for it. And I, I can't see any reason why it wouldn't. Yeah, I read something the other day that they uh, Broncos were talking about they wouldn't play for six or they wouldn't play for six weeks if the pitch was being relayed or done or something. They'd pay 
away from mm-hmm. Blaulet. Yeah. Uh, same as if obviously Wimbledon fans want to make Wimbledon home and go back to Plough Lane and want to be the first people there. They want to be the. We want to see the first game at Plough. I know it's, there has been games there previously with mm-hmm. no fans, but when we go home, we want to be the first ones there. We we wouldn't be happy if say London Broncos played and then a load of Broncos fans or Widnes or anyone like that got in to see Plough Lane before us. But then there's that caveat that they would play away from mm-hmm. Plough Lane. Before before we did that was good. I totally uh, I totally no, agree with that. I think that's completely the right thing. It's this is your ground. This is and not not just this is your ground, but this season and getting your fans in there after what you guys have been through from however long. It's it's important. It's the most important thing. And and like I was saying earlier, if if the club um, made being Super League the only criteria of making this ground share, and it fell apart because we didn't get in off after one season. Um, it's a bad idea. I think having that as a stumbling block would, for us on our side would be a terrible idea. I think we should do everything in our power to make sure. And it, sh- it should be in the con, if there is a contract, it should be part of it. You guys are there first. It's your ground. It's your home. Um, and I would, I, I would be sad if that, that's for Now, I personally don't see us playing there as being stopping your journey, but that's my view. Your view is your view. That's all that matters. And if you guys have that view, that's all that matters. Um, so, so that's how that's how it should be. I mean, it's just my take on it. Obviously, others in charge might have a, a different different take on it. No, that sounds perfect. To be fair, uh, another question I had was regards to you, David Hughes. Is he the chairman or Sir Black David Rock Hughes? As he should be. Uh, yeah, he's he, he's the <laughs> chairman. This guy is cloud. He's I don't know how much he he makes, but he's not one of these sort of bottomless billionaire sort of thing like Richard Branson was. He's just a a guy who works in, in London, I think, and had has some money and pretty much puts every single dime he has into the club and has done for the past, Lord knows how many years. Um, and if it wasn't for him, there would be no London Broncos. He's, he's that important to the yeah. club. Because I've heard a rumour of twenty million pound that he's invested into London Broncos, and as you said, he's not that rich. Because I know a couple of fans are worried that down the line that he would want to invest in Plough Lane or maybe put some money in to say, look, we own now twenty thirty percent of Plough Lane, uh, which wouldn't be ideal as Wimbledon fans. You've already mentioned earlier. Also, one thing that got me with him is that he's a Charlton director, and the the. With, with Wimbledon and Charlton in the same league and stuff like that it's kind of I, w- I wouldn't be over keen on that but I don't know if that's the case anymore I, I, I don't know specifically whether he's still an active Charlton director he may have been in the past which could explain why we've ground shared at, at that ground I know he puts London Broncos and Rugby League first and foremost on anything and he wouldn't do anything to jeopardise that and if anything to do with Charlton jeopardised Plough Lane and Broncos future then that would be the first thing he would ever do uh, a, a lot of fans and a lot of feedback um, regarding the move. <clears throat> excuse me, um, is that a, a lot of fans don't want to see London Broncos branding logo plastered everywhere around the ground. I don't know if you've seen pictures of the ground. There's a wall with the Wimbledon badge slap like, bang mm-hmm. in the middle of it. Um, I, I agree with them. If I'm honest, like I would, I I wouldn't necessarily want to see the London Broncos badge. Up there next to next to ours, um, what do you, do you think that will, that is something that is likely to happen? Do you, do you think that should happen? I think it's something that won't won't happen unless you want it to happen, and I wouldn't imagine it would ever happen within the first ten years. Um, 
I think it's it, it, we've never had branding at stadiums before, um, so I can't see it being a, a demand that we would have now. Um, the most we've ever had, I think, was when we were at Harlequins, and that's when we actually part of the deal was that we had to change our name because the idea was to become a single club um, until until they got promoted. The union side then got promoted and didn't need tenants anymore. Um, so we've never had anything, but at, at the stoop when we were there, we would have some uh, one section in, in the one of the bar areas where they, we would have po- uh, framed shirts and they'd make it a bit more of a home fan area. But there was, those are pictures hanging on a wall. They can be taken down by us after a game. So that, and that was the most we've had. I can't see us sort of pushing for anything more. I, I, and I would, I'd be surprised if, if a 10-year deal at a fantastic – a 9,000-seater – well, 9,500-seater stadium is absolutely perfect for Broncos. The pitch is within, within legal limits. The other one we've been looking at a lot down the years is, uh, is Leighton Orient, um, but their pitch – isn't big enough, so you can't play a full-size uh, rugby pitch there, um, which is kind of silly. So you have sort of 48 metres per half <laughs> rather than 50, which makes sort of some of the tactical plays slightly different. Um, I, I can't see anything permanent that we would put on, at least for the first 10 years, and I would only see anything even approaching that maybe later if the two clubs really wanted to, if there was massive buy-in from the whole, both fans, if it was part of some sort of grand Wimbledon plan to have a sort of multi-sports club, make, make Wimbledon the sort of Barcelona of South London sort of thing, um, where they Barcelona run basketball, they run all sorts of stuff, don't they? Um, so it wouldn't be the first team to, to make become sort of a multi-sports team. Um, and it, it would only be if the two clubs became super close and, and AFC or, or sorry, Wimbledon sort of became more and more a part of, of us rather than the other way around. You kind of touched on it there about Wimbledon becoming a multi-sport team. How, I presume you then mean that London Broncos would become Wimbledon Broncos or, you know, is that something? Because obviously from a, from a football perspective, um, and as a Wimbledon fan, you know, if that were to happen in football, it doesn't quite sit right with me. And I'm sure you probably agree, Finchie. Is that just? Is it just a different world? Not, not so much a different world, but when you're so far removed from from when you, when there's one team, um, and you follow them, and if you don't follow them, then they die, and then there's nothing. Um, you're far more flexible in what you're willing to to accept. Um, I can imagine there's no way in hell that anybody would nip down to watch Chelsea play if 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 Wimbledon, that sort of thing is very different. I, and I'm sure up north would be very different because London Broncos is, is that or nothing. That rugby leagues down here, rugby league fans down here would be like, you know what? I don't care what we're called. I get to see my I get to see my favorite game. I get to see my my favorite players. I get to see my team, my sport, uh, um, in, in my city. Um, so yeah, I think I think it, that's why it's different. It's not it's not pe- people love people love their teams, don't they? No matter what what sport it is. But I think because because we're such an island down here by ourselves and cut off from our nearest rival was Warrington. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, Derby. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, Chris. Like as I said earlier, it's about I think seventy six percent people. Again, that's not the wider interested it was just a vote and the AGM of the fans that went to that uh, obviously not everyone can do that so it's looking quite positive that everyone would be happy for Broncos to come so how would what what do we expect if we wanted to go see a London Broncos game at Plough Lane what what are we going to expect to see what are we going to expect to experience as in within a game and 
Is it going to be men just beating the shit out of each other? Is it just beer on the terrace? Or, or, or is, do you know what I mean? Tell, explain what we can experience. It's, it's, it's called the greatest game for a reason. It is fantastic. It's, it's just you fight for every inch on the pitch. Every, every single play matters. Every single, time, every single tackle matters. Even if it's just one big lad trundling the ball three metres in his own ten, the effort it takes for him to get that far is huge. It's amazing. And the skill level of, of the crafty players, the way they orchestrate people around the pitch uh, is amazing. People, people watch uh, England rugby union a lot and the game has changed so much than the way they play it. And that's because they've been adopting league strategy and techniques. All their coaches, apart from the head coach are, are league coaches. Um, the, the two creative players, I think Ford and, and Farrell, I don't follow Union that one. Well, they're sons of rugby league players. Um, so the sort of the tactical creativity and, and the flair is, is going to be there. And it's a big guys hammering lumps out of each other as well in the summer with beer. I mean, that's as pretty much as, as good as it gets, apart from, I guess, watching your team get back to home after a 30-year hiatus. <laughs> that's going to be pretty good as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be a good day. Yeah, no, I... I, I, I I like the idea of going to a game in the summer, having a few drinks, not really caring about results either. As I've, Maybe one day, you never know if I keep going to watch London, but if they go to play and I'll start watching them then, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm looking for, I would look forward to having a few beers in the sun with a few lads and, and yeah, get get away from her indoors really. <laughs> so another excuse. So. <laughs> Shamey, do you want to yeah, say anything? I, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to say that um, I'm I'm very much for it. I, th- I think it's a win-win for both clubs, for both sets of sports, um, and I, and I do hope that it does go ahead whenever that may be. Um, it's been great to talk to you, Chris. Get a bit of in- insight from you know the other side. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, as with any large group of people, there'll be there'll be differing opinions, but generally, we want somewhere that we can. Similar, similar to you guys. We want somewhere we can call home, somewhere we can make 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 our bed, somewhere where we can feel that surge of pride as we walk up to the, to the ground. And it's difficult to build that up after one or two years. We've been at Ealing since 2006. We had a, a three-year deal there. That was we've been there for about three or four years, I guess. Um, it's, and it's just, and then we're off again, having been somewhere else previously and somewhere else prior to that. And, Game, match day it's all it's all routine and tradition and all that you, you meet your mates in the pub beforehand um, but which pub you don't know because you've never been to that ground before because it's just the first time you've played there and on and on and on it just little things like that would be huge and if if you guys don't want to see us you won't and maybe, maybe pitch markings um, if you do then then the opportunity is there I think we've never been bad tenants I don't think previously we, we just try and we're just trying to find somewhere to play. We've got such a low base of, in terms of income and money versus our running costs. Um, and it's difficult just to, and you guys know how difficult it is to, to build a ground from scratch. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, you, and what you did is a sort of a stuff of, of movies. It's awesome. Um, I mean, I know our, our, our supporters have looked at you guys and, 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 the way you the support, all the, the supporters trust and trying to do something similar ourselves, particularly with 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 Hughes um, as our chairman, which is not sort of an anti-Hughes thing, but at some point he's going to have to step down and it's going to have to sort of look after itself. And I think that the model that we've talked about as fans is is, is your one. 
Um, and so that's bringing us closer to sort of observe is for us would be would be great, be cool. Um, and also from a, from a selfish perspective, it takes me three buses to get to Ealing. That's a, a pain in the backside. It's <laughs> 20 minutes on the train now if, 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 we, if we do move. Okay. Well, brilliant stuff. Well, thank again, Chris. Thanks very much for coming on and, and putting the other side to us. And uh, hopefully our fans will hear it and they, they can make decisions on, on what we've all yeah, said no, tonight. Totally. So, totally. And yeah, I, I fully get the other, I fully get Thanks the 25% who, who don't want it. I can, I can, I can see their passion and, and it's a good thing and to have passionate fans is, is, is a plus. So, and so yeah, I'll stop, I'll stop rambling. Brilliant. <laughs> Thanks. You know, brilliant Thanks for Thanks. having me. Cool. We are joined by boxers David Weatherhead and Laurent, the sniper, the boss, Richards. How are you doing today, chaps? All good, yeah, not bad. Yeah, I'm good, good, can't complain. Excited to be on? Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's, it's nice to get on and, you know, have a chat with you lads. It's, um, yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I appreciate you both coming on. It means a lot. Thank you. My pleasure. Uh, first of all, Laurent, congratulations on winning your fight against uh, Timo Lane, which was your first fight in over a year, wasn't it? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, it was, yeah, my first fight in over a year and, you know, it was good to get out. Um, it's been a while, man, and, you know, as a boxer, you always want to be fighting, but because of this pandemic, it's been quite difficult. Um, but yeah, it was good to get out, good to get the rounds, and um, yeah, can't wait towards. Well, can't wait to um, next year. How uh, how do you how do you, you think the fight went? I know some of the pundits were a bit harsh in their assessments and stuff. Yeah, um, do you know what? You know, even when people are a bit harsh and you know they say certain things that sound a bit negative, and um, obviously. I always would say I'm not well I'll be the first to say I'm not the finished article um, I've got a lot to learn you know but you know when I watched the fight back you know it was a good performance for me a good um, performance which showed skills um, which boxing is all about you know boxing is all about the sweet science at the end of the day about hitting and not being hit um, so I thought I'd done well I thought I boxed very very well and tidy um, you know on the other side of things you know my opponent wasn't the most you know, positive of opponents. He was very negative and he was on the back foot. And, you know, I did close the range down quite well. Um, but, uh, yeah, he always found a way to you know, sort of get away from me and, you know, um, and survive, really. And, you know, it was a good performance. So I was happy with it, yeah. Do you, do you find it hard when an opponent like that comes into the ring just to be beaten up, pretty much? He weren't really looking to do anything against you. He just stood there and took anything that you were throwing at him. Is that harder than someone who's going to actually come and box, it, box you and try and try and take you out? You know, I kind of take things in my stride. Um, when he came in, sort of initially in the first round, he did try to give it, you know, a little bit of a go and mm. then sort of confused him, used my boxing skills and sort of put doubt in his mind and sort of put him in a box as such to the point where in his mind he's thinking, oh, like, I can't win this fight, so I need to try and get on the back foot and survive. So it was more on what I'd done which made him box the way he did and um, I think a lot of people don't really see that but you know the things that I do in the ring um, you know when you're in there with me it, you know makes you do these things and and um, I think you're going to see more of it you know in the future future and better opponents 
I think, like, from watching Lorraine's fights in the past, there was a lot of differences in the, in this fight compared to his last one. Um, things that, like, improvements, things that he was doing a lot differently. His punch output was a lot better. And, like I say, Lorraine's all about skills and he fights a lot sort of when people are coming forward towards him. That's when his skills are there to be seen. Um so going going forward and going hunting somebody is a lot different to him. But he done what he had to do, looked good doing it, move on to the next one. You know, um also like it was my first well, fight under my new coach David Coldwell. So it's it was good for us to get um the rounds in, you know, for us to move forward into bigger fights. Yeah, a lot of um you know, things that me and Dave um, Coldwell been working on, you know, we executed and he's very, very pleased with, you know, my performance. So are you both going to be training over Christmas or is that you done now uh, till the new year? Um, for me, yeah, I'm going to be ticking over. Um, we're looking towards a, a date in Feb. Um, so I want to be ticking over. I'm going to spend Christmas with my family, you know, because I haven't, you know, re- um, spent much time with my family over this period because I've been training. Um, obviously I was with a, a promoter before and you know I was being messed around with dates and things like that so I, I, I couldn't go and visit my family because I was you know I had to keep training because I was unsure of the date um, but obviously now I've got the, I had the date and I've had the fight now I'm going to spend time with my family and you know take over um, throughout Christmas and the new year um, Yeah I'm, I've just kicked off again really in the last three weeks um, spoke to Ross Minter the other day who does the Queensbury shows and plan is to try and get out on their next show but obviously with a sort of level um, of those shows I rely on ticket sales and with not being able to get crowds in at the minute it's going to be a little bit difficult he was hoping to get something done for April um, so I'll just start training well ticking over a little bit now but then in January kick on you know, with something a bit more serious. I've um, got my hands on Lerone's strength and conditioning package. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'll be using that. And then, fingers crossed, something will happen in April or May. Yeah, I think I need to use that, to be fair. Lerone was looking unreal in the last fight. I was, yeah, it's me with my, uh, my, my lockdown weight. And then Lerone's showing us all up, isn't he? <laughs> so, so you both said you you've got you you want to get on the Queensbury uh, fights, but you said something about February. You you've got you're going to be fighting next in February. Yeah, um, that's the date we're looking at. Obviously, it's been quite like well, well, well documented that I, I want it to be European champion. I want to conquer Europe, and um, you know that's the plan. Um, hopefully, I can get the European title shot. If not, it'll be for another title. Um, but. I think for me, the main thing is just progressing and, you know, learning as much as I can, um, picking up as much as I can, gaining as much experience as I can, you know, um, for me to sort of move forward in the future. So who were your heroes growing up, both boxing or football or whoever, really? Um, which does it have to be a sportsman? It doesn't have to be a sportsman. Uh, well, you know, my hero is always my dad, you know, uh, you know, and my mum, you know, have always, you know, supported me and they've always guided me and, you know, in the right direction and they've always been there for me. So, you know, I would say they're my heroes, you know, but, you know, when you're talking about sporting um, people, you know, boxers, 
you know, look at like so Pernell Whitaker, um, Mike McCallum, Muhammad Ali. I love Muhammad Ali, you know, hence why I've got my B shorts, you know, it's, that's one mm. of the reasons. And um, it's uh, yeah, they're the fighters that um, you know, I look up to and I, I always have. In terms of boxing, I mean, I just watch anybody, you know, obviously the, the names that Lorraine said there are Ali. Um, and then Lennox Lewis and people like that when I was a kid. Um, but really, football was my main sport when I was a youngster. Um, and I only got to go to Power Lane for a reserve game. We'd already gone to Sellers Park. So the first experience of Wimbledon was, um, must have been, I don't know, 95 maybe. Um, for some bizarre reason as a kid, I used to really, I used to love Peter Fear. Nice, <laughs> <Fear> nice. <laughs> no, funny. I, I, God knows why, because I look back at like his stats and that, and I don't know why I liked him. But yeah, some of those players back then, I mean, Marcus Gale, um, and I think back to the goal that he got against United, that header. Um, and I went up to Manchester for the first leg of that um, with my older brother um, to see Robbie L score that header as well, that equaliser. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the years that I look back with fondness. A lot of people look back to Plough Lane and they don't see Sellers Park as being maybe particularly great days. But for me, that was my first experience of football. And um, yeah, that's all down to my mum and dad. Um, they took me from such a young age, I can't even remember my first game. A lot of people can say, oh, my first game was against blah, 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 blah. I don't know because I had a season ticket from such a young age until we left Sellers Park. Yeah. So you kind of touched on it there. Um, how, how did you both get into Wimbledon? Well, you know, for me, um, it's that man, you know, David Weatherhead. Obviously, I obviously paid a lot of attention to the team um, previously, but um, you know, where I've been quite busy, you know, with my boxing and and everything like that, you know, I've sort of just been focusing firmly on that. And um, you know, me and David always used to we'll always speak about the games and we'll speak about the team, etc. It's a time when I was just like, you know, I want to go watch a game. And, you know, um, and I went and uh, maybe it was probably one of the best, you know, it was a very, probably one of the best days of my life, you know, in terms of like the crowd, the old atmosphere, you know, the people. It's just like a family there. And I thought, you know what, like I feel part of this family and, you know, I want to embrace it now. And, and um, you know, I would love, obviously, like the dream, like I've always said, I, I would love to have a boxing fight in Plough Lane. You know, that would be brilliant. Um, oh, mate. And, you know, with the, you know, the promotion, you know, of matchroom boxing. I've already spoke, mentioned it to Eddie Hearn. And, you know, hopefully, you know, a big fight will happen in the near future and um, we can get it on. And instead of me wearing, you know, the, the black and yellow colours, I'll wear the, you know, the blue and yellow. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing, Plough Lane. I think it'd be full to the rafters and, yeah, that would be really good. Amazing, yeah, that mate, would be. I'm crazy. As you know what, I, I just keep visualising it every time, visualising it, visualising it. And I just think that, you know, one day, well, I know one day it would happen, you know, the right organisation and um, the right promotion it would happen and we'll fill that place out. You you mentioned, obviously, you want to fight at Plough Lane. Um, but if you could fight anywhere in the world, apart from Plough Lane, because uh, mm-hmm. that would obviously be number one, uh, wh- where would it be? Um... I'm going to go sort of old school. Madison Square Garden. I would love Good to answer. fight there. Yeah, yeah that would be brilliant. And uh, yeah, I would love that with Michael Buffer. 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> That'll be wicked. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'd love. Yeah. For sure. Imagine Michael Buffer in Power Lane. No, that'd be, yeah. No, I, was just thinking, I was literally just thinking that as well. Yeah. Can you imagine? And all the lights going off and everything. Yeah. Amazing. Sure, you can make that happen. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. 100%. Let's do it. I like the sound of Madison Square Garden as well, though. We could get the Wombles Out of Dream podcast on a roadshow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and a week, a week in New York would be quite nice as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> David, is yours, is yours Madison Square Garden? Where would you, if you could fight anywhere other than Paolo? Oh, I mean, obviously, <laughs> that's never going to happen. <laughs> but I mean, never say never. If, if, if I was pro and I was like in the rain, in the rain shoes, yeah, I think. Uh, between MSG, obviously Power Lane would be number one, um, but Vegas, yeah. I like to, you know, like when you look at um, Hatton and Mayweather in Vegas, mm-hmm. and all, all the Mancunians basically took over Vegas for a week. I mean, imagine Lerone fighting out well, there I f- and us going more banded. I, f- I think Ivor, Ivor was out there for that as well. Ivor and uh, Jonesy went out there. Yeah, he that. was. And they they yeah. always tell you that story if you ever talk about boxing with them. Oh, yeah, he told me that story. <laughs> yeah, First day I met him, he told me that story. <laughs> yeah, he was. yeah, Vegas is unreal. Have you ever been? Yeah, I was out there. Was yeah, I've been a couple of times. Yeah. yeah, I was training out there. So, yeah, it's good. It's a lot of distractions, you know, if you're not focused. But, um, no, I was out there just for training, which was good. Great experience. Yeah, I was due to get married out there next year, but we've now put it back to 2022, so I'm getting married out in Vegas 2022. So nice. That'll be good. That'll be good. Could time it with one of Lorraine's world title defences. Uh, well, that's what we're going to move on to next. So, uh, <laughs> talking about fights for yourself, Lorraine, uh, Chris, Chris Eubank Jr. gets mentioned yeah. a couple of times with yourself. Uh, do you think that fight could be on the cards? Because I understand you two have a little bit of beef, so... Yeah. I'd love to see you uh, fight Chris Chris Eubank Jr. You know, I'd like that too. You know, I always known that it's all about levels. And, you know, when I first started talking about Chris Eubank Jr., it was because, you know, me and, have a, me and him had a little occasion in the gym after sparring. And um, how it all started is that I told Billy Joe Saunders about it. And then he he told everyone about it in an interview. And I was like, well, okay. <laughs> all right, cool. But, yeah, me and Chris Eubank Jr. have a little bit of history. And, um now I'm sort of working my way up the ladder and, you know, I'm taking the right steps. Um, I feel like that fight potentially could happen in the future. That doesn't sound like Billy Joe Saunders, to be quiet about something you've told him. <laughs> it doesn't, <laughs> does it? <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? uh, and also, what about uh, Willie Hutchinson? Uh, some people have said that you ducked him uh, yeah. for the British title defence. Um, what would you say to that? Um, do you know, I just, when people mention that, I just, I tend to sort of ignore it because, you know, I'm not, I'm not a talk type of person who sort of um, listens to, you know, a load of well, BS, you know, I just, <laughs> I like to keep things real and obviously with the situ- situation with Willie Hutchinson's, he was mandatory for my British title, um, um, which was good, you know, good for him. Um, but initially the plan was, you know, before um, for me to fight for the WBC Silver, which is well documented and I had emails and, you know, documentation of the, that fight happening. So that's what my goal was. And then, obviously, it came up as him being mandatory, which, you know, I didn't have a problem with him with fighting him. But where I was planning and, and training towards the WBC Silver, that was the better option for my career. And, you know, you know, in boxing, you only have one career. Um, you've got to look after yourself. 
and we all have our own goals. And my goal was to be world champion. Um, you know, I'm proud. I'm a proud British um, British man and a, a proud British fighter. And I was a proud British champion. And obviously, I didn't want to vacate my title, but for me to make the right moves for my career, um, I had to do that. And now I'm with Matchroom. You said you said you're with Matchroom now. You recently moved from Frank uh, Watching to Eddie Hearn mm-hmm. and Matchroom. Mm-hmm. How, how did that all come about? Well. Um, Obviously, me and Frank Warren, we, you know, we parted ways, you know, the contract ended and um, I had to look for the best options for myself. You know, you know, with Queensberry promotions, you know, it's a good promotion. You know, I'm not going to deny that. But, you know, you look at the super middleweight division, I'm the top of it. You know, there's no one looking. I'm, I'm not looking up at anyone. You know, I'm the best. Um, now I'm with Matchroom. I'm looking up at fighters that are high ranked than me. And I know that the fights can be made. You know, you've got the Rocky Fieldings, you've got the Callum Smiths, you've got some Canelo. You got the John Riders, you got the Daniel Jacobs, you got you know the Rosados, you got the um, you know all them top fighters, all them top world level fighters out there, and um, you know I want to be a part of that, and I, I feel that with my skill set, and um, you know what I bring to the table in the ring, I, I know I can be a part of that, and I can mix it with those guys. So it was the best option for me in my career, and um, you know that's um, how I feel like my, I feel my career is going to move in a you know a good at a good pace, you know, with this promotion. You you just mentioned Smith there. He, he fights Canelo this weekend, I think. It's, yes, it's, it's this, this weekend. Week? Yes, yeah. What What do you boys think of that fight? Because that's a big fight, especially for a British fighter. Do you think he can can hurt Canelo and beat Canelo? Yeah, I, I don't see why not. I mean, there was a photograph today. Um, I think it was a press conference or something that they've mm. been to, and the size mm. it is going to have an effect on the fight. If obviously Callum Smith can use that size. Properly, um, yeah. There was a size difference when um, Canelo fought Kovalev, um, and even Rocky Fielding. Um, but I suppose it just boils down to the basics, like we've seen over the last few weeks with some of the fights. Probably just controlling him off a jab and trying to keep him at distance. I mean, if he has to win it boringly, so be it. As long as he gets all the yeah. belts and gets the W. And I think there's a rematch clause. I'm not 100%. There is a rematch clause in there. Uh, do you know what? I'm not, I'm not too sure. I think maybe for Canelo, yeah. Probably more for Canelo. <laughs> yeah. So if, if Callum Smith... Yeah, exactly. So if, if um, Smith was to win it, then no doubt that fight would be happening in, in the UK ne- next mm-hmm. year, the rematch, mm-hmm. which is just even better. And even better for Lorraine as well. You can get there in person, get on the undercard, start calling people yeah. out. See them fights yeah. there are not so far away. Um, you, you know when I was with no. like you know Frank Warren, I always looked at them fights and I thought, wow, you know I got a long way to go here. Like, how is it going to be made? Because obviously we're two different promotions. I was with Frank and then it was Matchroom. You know, two different promotional mm. banners. But now the fights are just there. And then when I was sitting there with Eddie Hearn and he was talking in press conferences and he's mentioned certain names to me, I was like, wow, like yeah, I love that fight. He was saying, no, you can fight in, in America. I was thinking, yeah, come on, baby, let's go. Let's go <laughs> I, was really I thought, you know what, like, you know, my, my career is going to move forward and I'm going to be happy now. And, you know, mm. they always say, like, a happy fighter is a dangerous fighter. And, you know, I just can't, you know, I just can't wait for the, um, for the future. The future is bright. But, you know, um, as we were talking about sort of Canelo and um, Callum Smith, I think it's going to be a very, very good fight. Um, but, you know, size don't win fights. And skills win fights. And we know Canelo's got skills. 
and he ain't going to take this fight unless he unless he really believes he can win. So it's going to be a tough night for Callum Smith. But you know, mm. I hope he does. I hope he's a Brit. I hope he does it. I hope he wins the brings the titles back to um the UK and um you know wish him all the best. Brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. Uh, what's your views on YouTubers now stepping into the ring? So you've got, I can't remember, one of the Paul brothers. Yeah. Uh, Logan be Paul, fight. Jake Paul. Yeah, one of them is going to fight Mayweather. Uh, and then you've also now got the other one calling out Conor McGregor for a boxing match. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your view? Because is it ruining the reputation of boxing? Like yourself, who's trained hard, and uh, Dave, who you train hard as well. Like, is it like, come on, guys, like, we train our asses off to be the number one boxers in the world. And then these guys who are just YouTubers with millions of views are getting these big fights. Does it piss you off a bit or do you just think each their own? Yeah, that's exactly what I think, each to their own. You know, I find it quite entertaining sometimes. You know, I watched, um, I'm not going to lie, I watched KSI boxing uh, Logan Paul a couple of weeks ago. And um, it was entertaining, even though it was quite scrappy. And they did just look like guys who just came out of the pub and started swinging. At times, you know what? It's entertaining, and, and you know whatever brings the public to the sport, because there's some you know some people that never saw or have never watched boxing, sat down and watched boxing before. Now they're watching boxing because of these guys, and you know, um, mm. and you know what? Like I've been watching a lot of um, say Jake Paul's training and stuff. He is training hard. You know what I mean? It's not like he's just rolling up in the boxing and out of shape. Mm. Training hard. He's dedicating himself. So, you know why not? Like that. You see a lot of fighters that have got British licence or have got certain licences in boxing and um, they're dreadful and they're not as half they're not half as good as um, as them so you know just let them get on with what they're doing and, and you get on with what you're doing you know I, do, I always want to stay in my own lane and you know let people do what they want to do and you know I do what I do Sounds good Yeah I just I think it, who are we to deny people to earn a pound note if there's millions to be made out of a fight if we was in that position, yeah. we'd take it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, I ain't going to begrudge anyone making a load of money. The only thing that's a bit of a farce is like when Mayweather fought McGregor, professional fight, and it got him his 50 and yeah. 0. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. like, it's, if it was an exhibition, got absolutely no problems with it. Um, but like I say, if, you, if you're a professional fighter early in your career, you can get on the undercard of these YouTubers and have potentially millions of people watching you in the States or over here. Why not? It's good exposure, isn't it? Yeah, no, no I agree. Yeah, no, I agree with what you're saying. It's each their own. And I, I just wanted a standpoint from yourself who, who train as boxers and, uh, and see what you thought of it. If any young women fans are listening to this and want to get into boxing, what advice would you give them? I started far too late. Um, I'll just... It, Somebody said to me, oh, why don't you give this a go? And I was like, I never really thought about it. And then, you know, after a couple of years, I'd done a few unlicensed fights, white collar fights, um, and then looking at this Queensbury stuff. But I, I wish I got involved at a young, young age. Problem with me was I just, everything was about football. I played football four times a week. Um, slip it into conversation that I played for AFC Wimbledon under 18s <laughs> for a short period of time. Um but, do you know what I mean? So, I, from my point of view, if it was me, I wish I'd just got involved mm-hmm. as a schoolboy. You know, I'm, you know, you can box at any level, you know, at any age. So, 
if you're going to box, you know, if you're going to box competitively, I'd say give it 100%. If you're not going to give it 100%, don't do it. Because, you know, it's not a game. It's just, it's a dangerous sport. And so if you're going to commit yourself to anything, even anything in life, put 100% into it. Because that's the mindset I've had. You know, I've had um, a lot of ups and downs, you know, more downs than ups, you know, in my career. And, you know, I've always um, started by it, gave it 100%, never gave up. And, um, you know, I think that's probably what resonates with me and sort of uh, Wimbledon is that, you know, they never gave up. You know, everyone, you know, they kept kept going, they kept pushing forward. And, you know, you know, the club's built so much now. And uh, and it's how I built my career now, just never giving up and just put, uh, pursuing my dreams. And, uh, you know, that's the advice I would give anyone. Just never give up and just keep working hard and give 100%. Yeah, because by all accounts, David's a pretty handy footballer as well. That's what I've been told. So, yeah. so you know, <laughs> yeah, the legs, legs are going now. Right? I like the way Lauren's laughing. <laughs> Lauren, I don't yeah, think Lauren's ever seen me play. Right, he, he keeps. Don't come down, down mate. Ain't worth it. Plays, plays a few things down. And... No, I've gone and watched David box. You know, what I mean, and then you say, "Oh no, it's this, that, and the other." But you know, you can box. You can box. You can box, David. You never know. You can get yourself a sneaky, you know, British license and, have, and be on my undercard. Have a little debut at Plough Lane. Who knows? Plough Lane. Plough Lane. <laughs> Oi, I'll tell you what. If you're on the under, if you're having a fight at Plough Lane, one way or another, I'll be getting in the ring. I'll start with you, David. Would you rather play for Wimbledon or be a world champion boxer? Yeah, I mean, that's, for me personally, is an easy question because, like I say, going back to a kid, I mean, I was mad on Wimbledon. I've got my dad to thank for that. And um, I looked up to some of the players like they were gods. And mm. um, we're, t- we're talking about people like Neil Sullivan. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, so it was always a dream of mine as a kid to play for Wimbledon. So I couldn't go back on that now. Um, but yeah, world champion boxer is is quite appealing. <laughs> but now, professional footballer with Wimbledon. How about um, you, Laura? It's got to be a world championship boxer. Um, yeah, it's just, it's always been a dream of mine to be a world champion. So, you know, that's the, yeah, that's the goal. And who knows? You know, for the headlines, I can run on the pitch for you know extra time. You know, and be. A, I play for Wimbledon. We're up like four 0 Do you know what I mean? I run off for like two minutes. You know, whistle blows. Happy days. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, there. Sounds good. So, uh, who's your all-time favourite Wimbledon FC player and also AFC Wimbledon player? Who's who's your two favourite players that you thought? Ah, oh, I, I idolised. I know you said Neil Simon, but you idolised them. Um. It's tough. There's so many. I mean, I loved Vinnie Jones. I loved him, but I mean that everybody loved Vinnie Jones, didn't they? Um, being a centre forward, though, you know, I was looking at people. Um, Marcus Gale played on the left wing a lot, didn't he? But Efenakuku, people like that. Around that, this this sort of time, the shirt I'm wearing, ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Um, oh, it's so hard to pick one, but. I'll say Marcus Gale because he made me cry when we beat Wimbledon. 
uh, when we beat Man United in the cup. Um, that was brilliant because it meant as well that time when United were on top of everything, I could go into <laughs> school the next day and really give it some to the to the kids who supported United. Um, so I go Marcus Gale and then pff, AFC Wimbledon. It's it's difficult, really. I I love those early days in the Combined Counties League. I used to love going around Surrey, you know, home and away, packing out these tiny little <laughs> tin pot grounds. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I, purely for goals, I say Kevin Cooper. Um, just because he banged in so many goals in those first couple of seasons. And after going through what we went through, I, I thought, oh, if it's not going to be the same again. I don't think I can enjoy football like I did when we was in a, in Premier League and Division One. And when he started scoring all those goals, and we were going to places like AFC Wallingford and places like that, I was like, actually, I'm having just as much fun doing this as in the good old days. So I'll say Kevin Cooper probably. Okay, you know, for me, I'm going to go with um, Fashionu. Um, you know. Uh... You know, I think, you know, with his sort of personality, his bubbly personality and just the way he behaved, you know, I, I just loved it. And, um, you know, so much expression um, in the way he plays. My dad talks about him sometimes as well. So I'm definitely going to go with sort of flashing it for sure. I was, I I was, just, bit I was well, literally just going to say I thought he was a bit of a fire yeah, as well. Do you know what? Um, it was just like... Yeah. Like I said, like expression. I always, I'm a person who loves watching like people who like to express themselves, and you know, people like to have fun, and you know, don't take themselves too too seriously. And you know, he's definitely someone that I, I feel like um, it's one of my favourites. Yeah, fashionist. Which uh, Wimbledon player do you think would make the best boxer? Mm. Well, like you kind of touched on it there with fashionist. Um, Mm. What do you mean, like present or like just what if they what if they've left Wimbledon? Can I just pick anyone? Any. Yeah, and, and, yeah, present or all right. So old. I'm gonna go with yeah. um, any. I know you're gonna, you say, gonna say. Yeah, yeah, like a Tyson, isn't like, it? In <laughs> like a Mike yeah. Tyson. <laughs> yeah. Nah, he'd, he'd yeah. be too slow, wouldn't he? Um, well, Tyson was slow, would not he? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I can yeah, it it'd be a bit slow, wouldn't it? But it'd be really it's strong, strong. Yeah, really strong, come forward fighter. And I, I think I'd like to see him in a in a, in a nice but in a boxing ring for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I bet you hard. <laughs> what about you, David? Who do you reckon? Who do you fancy? Um, not Anthony Hart. <laughs> so I don't know what it'd be like in a <laughs> Thank ring. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that one's for you, Jamie. Um. <laughs> No, I'm joking. I I I've heard he can box as well, so you've got to um, watch yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, he just boxes <laughs> sideways and backwards, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. I mean, Vinnie Jones must have been decent in a ring. He, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have been very technical, but he would have just... He'd have just gone through people, wouldn't he? Fighting dirty, biting ears. <laughs> so why are you shaking good. your head? Finchy, Finchy fancies Vinnie Jones as a bit of a fake hard man. Uh, no, oh, really? really? You know, 
Yeah, I say he was a TV hard man because he went from football to movies and everyone's kind of that yeah. persona of him where I think, say yeah. like an Akin Fenway, you wouldn't want to get him mad because you know he's going to go straight through you. Where mm. uh, Vinny, was yeah. a, like John Artson was quite a hard man when he played for us as well. You, were, you wouldn't have wanted to mess yeah, with John, John Artson. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, out of the current team... Yeah, I was, I was Piggott, going to say, Piggott's quite big, isn't he? He probably quite strong. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd fancy Joe yeah, Piggott, to be fair. Say, he's yeah. quite strong. Yeah. There's yeah. not many. Other, maybe Seddon, because he looks like he's from that kind of yeah rough kind of area where you don't really want to mess with him too much. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Okay, nice one. So one of the questions I've always wanted to ask boxers is, who comes up with their boxing nicknames? So you're sniper the boss, Leroy. Yeah. Uh, Dave, what, I don't know if you had a nickname when you when you box. No, no. I've, so who, who no, is it? Yourself? Really is it your trainer? Is it friends or fat? Like, do you get given a nickname? Who, like, who comes up with it? And who? Do you, what do you think mine and Jamie's nickname could be if we were boxers? <laughs> uh, <laughs> my dad came out of my one um, when I was younger. Um, well, I'm very very good at throwing straight shots, and um, sort of lining up my opponent and um, boxing up very well at distance. And he was like, that's like a a sniper, obviously like, a, you know, that gun, the sniper. And, um, mm. See the yeah. gun, the sniper shoots from long range. And he was like, yeah, yeah, you're the sniper, you're the sniper, but you're the best at it. You're the boss. So he added both, we put both of them together and he was like, sniper, the boss. And I've just ran with that ever since I was young. Um, yeah, that was, that was my dad's idea. It was, that's why I started just stuck with it. Um, in regards to your names, um, <laughs> so, sure. so, see, my my mates call me Chips. I'm known as Chips because of that's from catchphrase. Yeah, because everyone from, says yeah. I look like the oh, the, the yellow hey. <laughs> the yellow man. It's because I'm bald head. I such a because shout. I didn't have a beard. One of my mates, Steve Murphy, said that I look like Mr. Chips. So everyone calls me now Chips, Chipsy, Chip, and no one ever calls me. And it's I couldn't really call myself if I was a boxer Lee Chips Finch because and a little yellow man on me thing. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Jamie. <laughs> I mean, what's Jamie, what's Jamie, what could we give Jamie? It's a tough um, one. Eh? Would you reckon you'd be? We'd be quite light on your feet. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. I was going to say, well, we. Oh, that's oh, that's quite nice. I like that. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever been described as a whirlwind. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm about as agile as an elephant. <laughs> The elephant, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Just yeah. the elephant. <laughs> Just the elephant. Don't even worry about my name. You could get shorts made up like an elephant. It like depends on if you need the big trunk or not. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'll definitely take the elephant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Laurent, we've just, going back to the boxing side again, and a uh, serious question now, sorry. Uh, do you think, I know you're professional now, mm. what about Tokyo? Did you ever think about going to Tokyo to box in the Olympics? Um, yeah, like um, I've, I always wanted to be Olympian, Olympian, you know, and um, I did go out into the Olympic qualifiers in 2012 and, you know, I just missed out on the Olympics. And, you know, after that, I just felt like because I won so many national titles, you know, in Great Britain and sort of proved myself, you know, as, you know, one of the best here. I thought, you know, 
this term professional. Um, so I turned professional, but it was always on my mind to be in you know, London 2012. That's what I always wanted to be um, competing at. Yeah. You had a great amateur career as well, but there's such a difference between the amateurs and, and the pros. And I think Lorraine's style of boxing definitely is suited to the pros more. Uh, taking your time, picking yeah. your shots, you know, you've got that extra minute in the rounds. You know, it was so like, I, I had a good amateur career. No brainer, isn't it? Play it down. You know, I won national titles. I won nine national titles. You know, I was, you know, England international. You know, you know, I boxed for Great Britain a couple of times. You know, I boxed for Ghana a few times, you know, international around the world. And, um, a lot of people don't talk about that because I sort of don't talk about myself, to be honest. I kind of like just being, you know, that guy that no one really talks about because, you know what, when they're in the room with me, then, boom, everything just surprises <laughs> them, you know, like, they start doing the skills and they start realising that they're in, in the ring with someone, um, a real competitor. So, yeah, um, Olympics was on my mind. You know, I tried. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I failed. Um, but, you know, I just, um, just kept pushing on and just turned professional. thought that was the right move for my career. What is uh, Eddie Hearn like? Obviously, he's, ter- he's he's a bit like Marmite, isn't he? And um, he's turned into a bit of a internet sensation over the past few years yeah, with the know, memes and everything. He's not, so, you what, know, what's the man like? Do you know what I mean? He's a businessman. You know, he knows what he wants. He knows what you can see in a fighter. Um, and uh, he's a really cool guy, you know, to be honest. He's nice with me anyway. A very, very good promoter. Talks a lot. Um, but he knows <laughs> his stuff. And like I said, like before, like with Eddie Hearn, I can see that the future's bright. You know, you, you can see them big nights, you know. Um, so, yeah, he definitely knows what he's doing. He's definitely one of the best promoters in the world, for sure. He's he's a bit like a pantomime villain nowadays, isn't he? Where everyone kind of loves him. Mm-hmm. But like when he comes into the ring and stuff, everyone just, just boos, boos him. Because, yeah. because he, th- 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 and he loves yeah, that. Because he, he means he's getting he's effect. And it's also... He likes it, you know. Yeah, he loves yeah, it. Do you know what? Whether someone like, whether they like you or they hate you, do you know what I mean? You're still relevant, and I think that's the mindset that everyone, well, I have anyway, and Eddie Hearn has, because, you know, me as a boxer, if people don't like me, um, they're still going to watch me come. They're still going to come watch me fight, either to get beat or whatever. And if they do like me, they're going to come support me. So, you know, what difference does it make? Mm. Yeah. That's what Chris Eubanks Senior said, wasn't it? He didn't care about being disliked. Said, as long as they're buying the ticket yeah, to come you, and you see me get what? beat I, up. That's I all would rather be liked. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, I would much, you know, yeah. prefer to be liked. But if no one like, if they don't, if someone don't like me, then I don't care. You know, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Hmm. I think yeah. it's all a bit of a joke with Eddie Hearn. To be fair, I mean, hmm. when you look at what he's done for British boxing in the last few years. I mean, it was it was in an yeah. alright place boxing, but now it's in a really good place. You know, people are talking about it constantly. It's always on T V. It's always all over social media. Yeah. Um and that's because of what he's done really and you know, with Carl Froch and people like that. So for him who supposedly only cares about money and business to want to sign a fighter like Lorraine can only mm. be a good thing because he must see something there that he can work with. And we used to joke, like, well, not joke, but we said about a year ago after his British title win, I imagine fighting in America, getting over to America, or a flight, a fight at Plough Lane when that's built. Oh, and it, and we was talking about it sort yeah. of in jest, like in in Dreamland a little bit. But then, as soon as he signed with Eddie Hearn, he he rang me up and he said, 
he was like laughing on the phone. He said, you'll never guess what, you never guess what. And I was like, what's that? He said, I'm signing with Eddie Hearn. And he was like, this actually means that those mm. things we spoke about could happen. And one of the first things Eddie Hearn had said to him was about fighting in America. And we didn't think it would happen. Well, I didn't get the impression that Lerone thought it would happen within the next year or two. But realistically, now next year, there's a chance that he could be out yes. twice next year in America, I think. Yes. So, yeah, Eddie Hearn, he's, you know, he's, it's, it's, you know, I've got no problem with him at all. As as I keep getting in W's and keep, like I said, keep learning and, you know, working hard in the gym. Um, yeah. You know, them opportunities will come. And as you said, you earlier you said 100%, and it seems like that's what you're doing. You're giving 100% and you're getting back 100%. And it's all hard work, which you deserve, Lauren. So it's all good. That. Yeah, I appreciate that, mate. Really do. Have you got a signed no, copy of mate, his book? I haven't yeah. got it yet. <laughs> I don't know, I need to stop in the DM in a minute, you know, actually. Just, as soon as I get off this, I jump in Eddie's DM and say, where's my book? <laughs> yeah, that's what you, you tweeted about it the other day, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, Brilliant. Crazy. Yeah, that's brilliant. Brilliant stuff. <laughs> uh, I suppose we'll end on, what do you reckon uh, for the, the remainder of the Don season this year? Do you know what? I mean, we've had a good start compared to the last couple of seasons. Mm. But I still feel like there's been missed opportunities. Um, that it could have been an even better start. I mean, the obvious is mm. we seem to get a goal. And those next five or ten minutes, mm. it's backs against the wall sort of thing. And, and you always feel like we, we're going to concede a goal. Going forward, I don't think we've got any issues. I'd like to see us go forward a little bit more. We're quite negative. Um, mm. Worry about our defence a lot. Um, I know, like, I, I won't go on things that you spoke about in the last podcast, but the mistakes that we've got in us at the back. Love Will Nightingale to bits, but he looks out of his depth, whether that's because of his injuries that he's had, and it's going to take a bit of time to adjust and get back into, um, you know, the swing of it. Thomas looks like a different player. So I do worry about it. But do you? To be honest, do you with not you. think that um, lack of say crowds and things like that is having a t- um, an effect on the team? Um, you know, like a lack of lack of, lack of crowds because usually, so you play when they're playing, you know, it's packed. You know, they've got a lot of people screaming for them, supporting them. Do you not think it's affecting them? I think it's actually helping us, if I'm honest, because our fans can get on players' backs quite easy. Mm-hmm. Especially at home, if we 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 score and then we concede so early, our fans yeah. can get on the back. Especially like yesterday, or no, sorry, not yesterday. When was it? Uh, when did we we played Sunderland, Sunderland, yeah. and we drew one all. Tuesday, I think with Sunderland with thirty thousand, twenty five thousand in there, they would have got on their backs. And but do you know what I mean, it was a big crowd. They might have cheered them on, especially as they had eight mm. first team players. I think it's actually helping us uh, with that. I get what you're saying with that fans missing. It's a big thing. I don't know. It's hard. I'd love to ask the players how they feel in regards to that. Because how would you feel if you were, like the other day when you boxed you, there was no no fans there and it must yeah, have been different was, for you. It was a little bit different, but I'm getting punches thrown at me, mate. So I'm just like, <laughs> I ain't got time to be thinking about that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, yeah, it's, uh, it is a little bit different. The atmosphere is a little bit different. Well, a lot different. And I guess... You know, if there was crowds in there that day, you know, screaming, oh, Lerone, go for him, he's done, he's hurt, he's hurt, he's hurt. 
you know, never, you never know. I might have gone for the stoppage then. Do you know what I mean? Because, uh, mm. or put them, put my foot on the gas, you know, and then gone for it. So maybe it does make a little bit of a difference, but um, I don't know. Like it's weird, obviously, with football and probably the same sort of aspect, you know, in, in ways that if their players being a little bit lazy and you know, and the crowd pick up on it, they can start screaming, you know, giving a little bit of stick, you know, they might pick themselves up a little bit and start working a little bit more harder. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a hard one. I'll tell you where I think it probably has helped is Hartigan's going back to Hartigan, he's had mm. a decent season. He's 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 been playing all right, hasn't he? And is that because he ain't had fans on his back? Well, last year when he was going through a bit of a rough patch, every corner he took wasn't beating the first man, people were getting on his backs and he seemed mm. to sort of play within himself a little bit. Yeah. And he's only young, ain't he? It's bound to get to you. Having people shout and call your names and say tell you you're useless, it's bound to get to you. Um, so I don't know if maybe mm-hmm. it's had a positive effect mm-hmm. on players like him. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. Again, some that, of the youngsters we have in like, uh, Longman and stuff, they're, they're doing well because they haven't had players on their back when they do mess up. But mm. yeah, I, yeah, no, I t- kind of agree with what you're saying, boys. Uh, I think we're going to have to We'll wrap it up there with regards to this week's episode. And all I can say is thanks very much for coming on, both of you, David and Laurent. No, I appreciate yeah, it, man. We, we do pleasure. appreciate it. It's a pleasure. And any time, man, any time I'll jump right. on, yeah. for sure. But <laughs> Front row seats. Yeah, don't worry about that. I'll sort you up. Fight foul lane, yeah? Oh, yeah. Try and fight when my wedding's out there. She'll love that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a stag and a half, wouldn't it? <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> yeah, no. When you two do fight next, let us know because there is loads of us. I know where I sit, there's loads of lads who want to come and watch you both fight. And we'll, we're, we're even talking about getting flags made up and getting. We're really behind Thank both you. of you boys when you're boxing, seriously. So you have got the yellow and blue army behind Thank you. you. So. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, Finchy, those were some good chats. Yeah, I really enjoyed that, to be fair. I thought uh, Chris came across really well. He, he, his ideas of Broncos playing at Plough Lane was good because he kind of gets what we're about as well, which I like. And I think most Broncos fans are going to be the same. Yeah. Uh, and it's good for Wimbledon fans to hear what Broncos have got planned because obviously we're, we're very wary of anything that comes in, especially to do with Plough Lane. It means so much to us. So, yeah, that was quite a good chat. Uh, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can get a deal done with Broncos. I really do because I think that would be good for us financially, and I think that's the main thing. As long as we're not selling ourselves down the river, then I can't see it being a bad thing. Yeah, I think I think it, like I said to Chris, it's it's win win for both sets of supporters. Um, but again, I again I I am wary because you, you don't want to sell your soul, um, especially with Plowlane. Mm. But. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll, it'll, it'll all come out, won't it? And um, hopefully, we can get something done. Yeah, and I, I like the fact that he understands it and he gets what it means to us. So, and again, they're very similar in the rugby league fraternity that they have been homeless pretty much their whole lives, really, forty years, yeah. playing at about ten, fifteen different grounds. So yeah, that's good. And then speaking to David and Ron was just brilliant. yeah, they're great, aren't they? A couple of good chaps. I know David knows a lot of my pals plays football with him and uh, he was great value and then Laurent 
I can't wait to go watch him box. Yeah, it'd be good. To, it'd be good I, if I think, we could yeah. get a, get a fire aim, wouldn't it? I, I think a lot of Don's fans would come if they if they can get tickets, come down and watch watch that. Yeah, I think it'd be a sellout. But I think wherever he boxes, if he boxes your call, copper box, I think we can get a solid bunch of us down there uh, and cheer him on. And uh, I was talking to David off here, and he said like they had thirty. I think he went. That he had a fight. Some Stoke fan had a fight, and there was thirty Stoke lads there just singing and giving it and it was brilliant and it just spurred him on so I'd love to get behind the run and even if David fights in his uh, fights that he was talking about with the uh, card that he might be on I'd, I'd go watch that and yeah, definitely. cheer him on really. definitely. Yeah. also anything to have a booze up and as I keep saying get away from her yeah. indoors it's always a good excuse <laughs> isn't it <laughs> as long as she don't listen to this yeah, I'll be alright yeah, it's fine just make sure she doesn't no, I'm, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to message her and uh, be like <laughs> Mate, have you listened Why to me? Why are you me? messaging my missus, Jay? No comment. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we're having a bit of a break, aren't we, till the new year? Yeah, we're going to be back on the 7th of January now. We're going to, this comes out at Christmas Eve, so Christmas special. Uh, I think we had some good guests on there for that. Uh, and yeah, come back on the 7th of January. If people want to hear anything, if people want to come on, any ex-AFC Wimbledon players, ex-Wimbledon FC players, listen, then get involved. Come on. All the fans, please get involved. We uh, we say this is by the fans for the fans and, and, and our DMs are open. To, so get involved. Send us what you want to hear, what you don't like, unless it's me. Uh, and then, yeah, just get involved. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> what we don't like, yeah. yeah. Get Chip's bench <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be your missus. Yeah, well, yeah, she she don't listen anyway, so it's all right. She's got the Kardashians on all the time. So. Nice, nice. So, yeah, you got much planned for Christmas, Joe? Well, no, just nothing now. Now we're in um, tier four. It's kind, of, it's kind of um, putting an end to it to all I had planned. How about you? I'm gutted, mate. I was meant to be going to watch AFC Sudbury versus AFC oh, no. youth team in the FA Youth Cup. Uh, I think Sudbury are still in tier two, but I don't think women will be allowed to travel. Where I am in Southend, we're tier four, so I don't think I'd be allowed to go if it does go. So I'm gutted because I really wanted to cheer on the boys. And I was going to have a big sing song. I ain't, had a, I ain't been at a game for about a year. It's crazy, isn't it? So weird, women game. What was it, but, Bolton, yeah. the last, last game I was at? Was it Bolton, 0-0? Yeah, I, I don't think I went to that. It was a crap game of football, mate. Yeah. <laughs> once, we, once, we, yeah, once we get back, it won't be too long before like, oh, can we just go back into lockdown? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who like who like them? To, they, who, who was it? Charlton that went back after like twelve months of not seeing their team and booed them off. <laughs> <laughs> you ever been to a live game and you're booing them off? Uh, that's why Charlton are nothing club. But yeah, I'm just I'm looking forward to Christmas because I've got my weight is going up. So lockdown was an excuse, and now I've got Christmas as yeah. an excuse. So drink, be happy, be merry, and to all our listeners out there and everyone who follows us, thank you very much for following us and listening. Wish you all a Merry Christmas. Strange times at the moment. So if anyone is struggling, then please just contact us. We're, as I said, our DMs are always open. Uh, and also the Don's Local Action Group are supporting people of the Southwest London. They're on Twitter as well. They're doing a fabulous job around Wimbledon and local area. Uh, so big congratulations to them for winning an award lately as, recently as well. And they do a fine job. But yeah, if anyone is struggling, then just speak to someone. The Samaritans are there. Just go out and speak to someone because it is a tough time at the moment. So, Well said, Pinchy. Well said.
Well, so it is, it's strange times. So. I just want to wish you Merry Christmas, Finchie, and everyone listening. Thank Merry you. Christmas and a Happy New Year. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.